shaking everybody you're listening to improv tabletop the fate rpg actual play where we make up everything on the spot i'm ned wilcock your host and gm and today i'm joined by justin porter aka jp and i and spider-man have never been in the same room and that's kind of sus mm, you don't say <laughs> it is a little bit um mckenna Steele, junimo and thomas ryan as who way young get out of here he's dead yeah he got assassinated by the avatar he's dead no longer is who way young i was invited back though so that was cool <laughs> yeah so we have some fun stuff going on. This is the first time that we're doing a fate campaign in a year and a half, something like that. Whoa. Jeez. Yeah, it has been way, way too long. I'm very happy to be back. And we managed to trick Thomas into thinking, well, into finally believing that he can perform. Awesome. Even though he doesn't think he can. Surprise. And he can play fate. You managed to trick me into thinking I could perform? Yes. I know where that sentence was going. This is Improv <laughs> Tabletop, the next generation, and Thomas. Thomas is our Picard. The next generation. <laughs> yes. Well, because we are kind of rebooting the whole fate situation, uh, as we go through this, I'm going to, you know, I know we have a lot of new listeners who have come in since we started doing our Avatar stuff. So I'm going to re-explain some of the points of how to play the game so that you can learn along with us as we relearn how to play the game, because I definitely had to reread the rule book because I haven't <gasps> done this for a year and a half. <laughs> I'm not relearning. I'm just straight up learning. Yeah. And it's great. I have my dice. Well, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to get into our ideation on our theme that we have selected for this month. We got a whole bunch of suggestions from folks on our Discord and we pulled them to see what they want us to do. And this is Starboo Valley, which is a combination of the video game Stardew Valley by Concerned Ape and the film Ghostbusters. Yes. From the, the, the classic from way back in the day. That's classics, 80s cinema. Spoilers for a 40-year-old movie, by the way. And only <laughs> one of us out of the four of us here is actually a product of the 80s. <laughs> okay, Grandpa. I wouldn't brag on that, man. Late 80s. Late 80s. <laughs> yeah, there's the qualifier. Yep. So now, when I say ideation, here's what that means. This is something that we would do back in our Comic Frenzy days when we were doing improv on stage. The idea is we get our suggestion from the audience, in this case, the themes of Stardew Valley and Ghostbusters, and we're going to tell little stories from our real lives about how we connect with these themes, some of our experiences with them. And through the telling of these stories, we're going to build up a big old pool of ideas that we can draw from throughout the course of this campaign to kind of inform our narrative and our improv as we go along. So I will start us off. I don't have as much of a connection with Ghostbusters. Uh, it is the thing that I know Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd from. Uh, <laughs> there was a guy at scout camp that Thomas and I worked with who used to call me Ramus because my hair was basically exactly the same as Harold Ramis's hair <laughs> in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, my closest personal connection, I guess, with Ghostbusters is an episode of the animated series Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. That's a good one. They, this was during the phase of my life when I was discovering Cthulhu for the first time. 
kind of interesting with that because generally speaking, I have not been very much of a horror fan at all. And I discovered Cthulhu through the TV show Freakazoid, which if you've been listeners of Impetive for a while, you know that Freakazoid is my favorite superhero. And that sent me down kind of a rabbit hole of being like, man, this whole Cthulhu mythos thing, it's, you know, not the fear of the unknown, but the fear of the unknowable. And it's like the cosmic horror stuff. And I was like, this is really cool. And something in my little child brain didn't click that that was horror. I just thought it was like a really interesting mythology. But there's an episode of Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters where they like straight up fight Cthulhu. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. They run into some people from the cult of Cthulhu. They run into a Shoggoth. All right. Uh, this lady that they meet, she does the whole spiel of that is not dead, which can eternal line with strange eons, even death may die. And Venkman is like, hey, that's pretty catchy. I like that. So that's uh, most of my connection with Ghostbusters is their Cthulhu episode. Oh my gosh. Uh, now, Stardew Valley is a really good game and I'll pre that's what I'm going to preface my comments with because I have not actually played a lot of the game but I acknowledge that it is a wonderful game it's just not necessarily my cup of tea per se but here's my experience with it it was my birthday in the year 2020 my birthday is March 14th Pi Day it's a great birthday I'm a big fan it's a great birthday and that birthday was like the last day before everything shut down for the pandemic <laughs> and so we'd just gone to my friend Hayden's senior Title. Uh, he's actually the guy who wrote our theme song for iCast Fireball. Really talented dude. Hayden wrote that? Yeah. He did a super good job on that. I love Hayden. <laughs> and so we went to his senior recital, but it was with kind of the understanding of like, man, this is the last time things are going to be normal for who knows how long. And after that recital, I went over to Connor's apartment and we celebrated a little bit. And he was like, Ned, it's your birthday. Do you own Stardew Valley? And I said, no. And he said, I'm going to Venmo you $15. Go buy Stardew Valley as soon as you get home. So I did, and I started playing, and most of my understanding of what happens in Stardew Valley is sort of the, the side stuff, because broadly speaking, it's a farming simulator, and that is the, that's the bread and butter, the meat of the game. But most of the stuff I'd heard about was like, oh, you can go into the mines and you can fight monsters, or you can romance the NPCs and all that stuff. And so I, I went into it thinking like, okay, I'm going to look at all of the romanceable options. I'm going to find my girlfriend and that's what this game's going to be about. And then I realized, oh wait, this game isn't a dating simulator with farming attached. It's a farming simulator with dating attached. And farming simulators aren't quite so much my bread and butter. So unfortunately, I did not marry Leah. Ugh, I love Leah, though. It's a good Ooh, pick. That's a, that's a good one to court. So I have not played too much, but I have watched Thomas play hours upon hours of Stardew Valley on his <laughs> Twitch stream. And it's it's a grand old time. I enjoy the vibes. I, I more enjoy the sort of community that has sprung up around it. But... I do not let the fact that I haven't played it very much dissuade you, because if it's your type of game, it's going to be your type of game, as you will certainly hear from some of our future ideations here. <laughs> let's see. Let's hop over to JP. What do you got for us? Well, I just I don't have a lot of coherent stories like that, but uh, <laughs> just a couple of thoughts. One of them is with the Stardew being so popular and stuff like on the Switch, like the top 10 paid games has been Stardew Valley since like the Switch has come out. So mm -hmm. it's been years. So obviously some people like it. Um, I would agree as well that it's fun. Like, honestly, I don't like I have the game, but I've only played a little bit because I don't necessarily enjoy games that don't like you like have a lot of fighting or a point to it, I guess. You know, like it's more of a just an experience to me. I need to know from point A to point B and then I don't do side quests. That's the kind of gamer I am. 
But watching Thomas's stream was really fun. Uh, me and Ems would do that. You guys. But Ghostbusters, that is my thing. That is my jam. I love Ghostbusters. And there's a th one thing. I remember that TV show, The Real Ghostbusters. There's also another cartoon show called Extreme Ghostbusters. And that what came out at the same time. I, it, it was all like the same company. And they did Extreme Ghostbusters. They did a Jumanji cartoon and a Men in Black cartoon. There was a Jumanji cartoon? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And it, the okay, sidestep of the, the <laughs> Jumanji. It's not the stuff coming out of the board game. They actually go in the board game. Oh, nice. Yeah. But uh, the Extreme Ghostbusters, the only thing I remembered about that was one of the ghosters was paralyzed from the, um, you know, so he was in a wheelchair, but he was a Ghostbuster. So that was cool. But I also, video games, there's a really cool video game that you can get on the Switch, is what I have. It's just called Ghostbusters. It's really good. Also, I guess one thing I wanted to bring up, I watched Ghostbusters recently, as in recently, like, within the last year or so, um, because Ems had never seen it. And I noticed the character of Bill Murray's kind of a sleaze bucket. Um, like, <laughs> you don't say. Which it was, was the 80s, man. That's the thing. It's the 80s. Like, you think, because, like, the 80s, they wrote him like he's supposed to be charming, but he's very kind of manipulative and <laughs> forces his way, don't take no as an answer kind of guy. And it's just like, it's kind of cringe. But in the 80s, that was lovable and adorable. Oh, the 80s. Yeah. I had someone recommend You've Got Mail to me as like a great story of a wonderful love that burgeoned from this unexpected place. And I just read through the synopsis and I was like, I don't think that's going to hold up to modern scrutiny. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's still a great movie. And you, I mean, you can watch, you can watch movies and TV shows and still enjoy them, even though they have deplorable characters for whatever <laughs> reason. Take Seinfeld for an example. That's one of my favorite TV shows. That's why I love shows, man. <laughs> <laughs> and all the characters are terrible. But anyway, not going to go into the story about that. <laughs> that is the end of my story. That's all I have to say about that. Booyah. Now, McKenna, what do you got for us? Uh, I'll start with Ghostbusters, and then we'll go to Stardew Valley. Ghostbusters, I grew up watching it with my dad. That just reminds me of my dad. All the 80s movies remind me of my dad. Mm -hmm. um, and I love my dad. But I don't remember much else. It never really was, like, for me, like, ah, I got to watch this all the time. I was like, meh, it's fine. But I do remember any time we would go get like tires changed and I saw the Michelin man that in my brain, that is who the big bad guy, ghosty <laughs> guy was at the end of the movie it was not the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. It was the Michelin tire and oh. my brain could not separate that ever. So anytime I get my tire tires changed, I think of Ghostbusters. Nice. Um, or just obviously the song. Also one of Rick Moranis' greater performance. Anyway, I'm done. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> um, but I don't I don't know. I just don't have a lot with Ghostbusters. I wanted to see the new one because Paul Rudd was Paul Rudd was in it, right? Is that who it was? Yeah. 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 And I love Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. <laughs> I love him so much. Um, but I didn't see it. It's on my list. I have a I have a very, very, very long list um of things I need to watch. But but Stardew Valley. I love Stardew Valley. That game brings me so much peace in my heart. I started playing it because Christian and I were dating and he had a Switch and I did not because I did not know what a Switch was. And I saw this game and I was like, what is this? And he was like, I don't know. It's like some farming simulator. I heard it's really good. Connor said it was really good. And I was like, okay, I'll try playing it. Like I'd have his Switch at my apartment while he was at uh, rehearsals. And then he'd come over after rehearsals 
and I played it like a couple times and I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> and I didn't want to play it again. And I was like, I don't like this game at all. And then one night I got sick of playing Skyrim and I was like, okay, let's try it again. And I started playing it and I like fell in love. Mostly, I, I agree the farming simulation of it isn't my thing. I like, I like it fine enough, but I think the story and just the side, little side plots of what's going on in the town, the relationships are so fun and so wild. And all of a sudden it just like these supernatural things happen every now and then. And you're just like, what just happened? An alien just dropped an egg in my field. And it's just super random crap that you're like, this is a farming simulator. Why is there a witch here? <laughs> or why is there a wizard? And all of a sudden there's like ghosts that you're killing. And it's, it's just super goofy, but also very sweet just getting to know all these characters and kind of as you build your relationship with them you get to see them have character development like Shane has some great character development but when you live with him he's a slob but like the fact that it's created by one person blows my mind and I have so much like respect and admiration for Concerned Ape in the sense that they just said, you know, I'm just gonna make this video game and for it to be that successful, all coming from your own mind. That and the music is just so pretty. I love the music. Yeah. Christian got me the vinyl record Ooh. for it for Christmas two years ago, I believe. Either last year or the Christmas before that. And it's my favorite. And we'll just like, if we're both home one day, we'll just turn that on while we're like cleaning. And it just feels like we're in Stardew Valley and it's cute. Yeah. It's like the perfect confluence of a really good programmer with a really good visual designer, yes. with a really good musician. Yes. Just this this one human is kind of a marvel. The perfect man, Eric Barone. Yes. <laughs> and it's so good. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. And I'm so excited for Haunted Chocolatier. I, mm. I'm I'm going to poo my pants. I'm so excited. <laughs> cool. Um, but I will say I do not have as many hours as I thought I did. I only have like 300 hours. But to toot my own horn, I have completed it. I've 100%ed it. And I have beat Juno Mokart multiple times, sometimes multiple times in one night, just because that is my stress reliever. And I just zen out and watch TV and beat Juno Mokart. Nice. <laughs> so it's 10 out of 10 recommend. It's a cheaper game. So if you need something, it's a good one. Yeah, I will say with Haunted Chocolatier, this is Concerned Ape's next video game that has been announced, but hasn't been released yet. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unfortunate that it hasn't been released yet, given the subject matter of this particular fake campaign. I know! <laughs> Would have been a perfect combination, but it is what it is. Would have been so good. But speaking of people who have inordinate amounts of hours logged on Stardew Valley, Thomas, what you got for us? Tomas! Hey, I'm Thomas. I'm mentally ill. Um, Same. So what I like to do is obsess over a game for like way too long. Um, I've got over 500 hours in Skyrim. Um, I've got it in, I don't even know how many hours in Minecraft, but one of my top three is Stardew Valley. On Steam alone, I've got 580 hours and I don't know how much on the Switch. I mean, I, I love Stardew Valley. Like Ned was saying, I streamed it a bunch of, like a year ago, two years ago, something like that. Um, it is the perfect game, I think. It's surprisingly really good to stream to. Yeah. It's it's just, if you ever just need to zonk out, relax, have a good time, that's the way to do it. It can be stressful. If you're not ready in the mines, you're going to have a rough go. But yeah. outside of that, very fun. Um, so, I mean, a lot of my personal experience with Stardew Valley is just relaxing, 
was having fun. Just after a long day at work, I come home, sit at the computer, and play Stardew Valley for an hour or two. Or eight. It depends on the night. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so play a ton of Stardew Valley. You can do whatever you want in that game. There's no time limit. There's no goal. There's no whatever. I'm playing a, a co-op farm with my wife right now, and my big goal, I just wanted to go fishing. So I went nuts on fishing, and I was able to catch the legend in spring first year. <gasps> That's really good. Yeah, if you don't know about the legend in Stardew, that is a tough fish to catch. The hardest fish, I believe. Especially in your first year. Yeah, yeah, usually that's a second year task, but I got it. Ooh. And because that's just what I wanted to do that time around. So Stardew Valley is is my pretty much my go-to relaxation game. Always has been, always will be. Now as for Ghostbusters, I have never seen it all the way through. <laughs> I, the first time I watched it was like two nights ago, and I fell asleep before the movie ended. But lucky me, Ghostbusters has been like a cultural behemoth for the past 40 years. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have to watch it. I can, I know what happens. They go, they bust ghosts. There's a giant inflatable man. Yeah, the Michelin Tire Man. The Michelin Tire Man. What else do you need to know about Ghostbusters? I mean, really, the most important thing you need to know is who you're going to call. That's really it. Yeah, who are you going to call? Us. Eric Barone. <laughs> creator of Stardew Valley. <laughs> okay, so then you need to watch the movie because obviously you don't know, but that's okay. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'm working on it. I'm two thirds of the way through. I fell asleep. <laughs> Like right before the big guy shows up, the the, the tower just—it's not a book, it's a movie. I fell asleep. What do you want? Um, anyway, I'm sorry, I get a little worked up over nothing. Um, anyway, for what I saw, it was great, mm -hmm. good movie, very 80s, hit all the all the right vibes. Kind of reminded me of Tommy Boy. Um, I know it's nothing like Tommy Boy, but yeah, for whatever say, reason, I, mm. it when I was watching, I was like, oh yeah, it's just like Tommy Boy. It's just the 80s vibe. But yeah, so. I'm going to be only looking at Ghostbusters um, in terms of this campaign. I will not be referencing Stardew at all. Perfect. And you can hold me to that. Just like how you only did Devil's Bargains until halfway through the Blades and the Dow Fate campaign when you decided that you were going to never do Devil's Bargains. Does Fate have a Devil's Bargain equivalent? Uh, fate points. We'll talk about that when we get into the mechanics of the game. All right. But yeah, both really good, cool stuff. I definitely know more about Stardew. Ghostbusters, still awesome. Oh yeah. Nice. Still good. Okay, so now we have this big old soup full of brain leavings, our, our various experiences, that whenever we want to, during the course of telling the story, we can dip our ladle right on in there and have a big old slurp of brain leaving stew mm. uh, so that we can tell a story together. Isn't that a great analogy? Thanks, Ned. That was a perfect analogy. Aw, oh, thanks, Ned. <laughs> so now we're going to create our characters. Uh, we're going to uh, sort of figure out what we want our characters' roles to be within this hypothetical world. Then we're going to kind of build the world around those characters. So let's go ahead and uh, once again start with JP. Do you have an idea of who you want your character to be? I do. His name is Patrick because that tends to be the thing of Stardew Valley is they only have like one name, don't they? Or do they have first name? Just names? a first name. Yeah. With the exception of the wizard, actually. He's got a first initial and a last name. Emrasmodius. Hmm. So his name's Patrick, <laughs> and he is an, a sleazeball. <laughs> an 80s sleazeball. Yeah. That's nice. This is Patrick. <laughs> yeah, he's he's one of the romanceables who you look at him at first blush, and you're like, he's so charming, and then you get to know him and realize he's not. And then you're like, oh, you're a walking red flag. Thanks. <laughs> yep. In fact, that might just be my trouble right there. Walking red flag. <laughs> nice. I like that. 
<laughs> so, yeah, let's let's talk about. Oh, I am stressed. <laughs> it's fine. Let's talk about uh, kind of the most unique aspect of character creation in the Fate role-playing games, and that is aspects. Each of our characters are going to have a series of these aspects. An aspect is a truth about your character, just a little statement that describes something about them. You know, in fact, let me just read it from the book. An aspect is a word, phrase, or sentence that describes something centrally important to your character. It can be a motto your character lives by, a personality quirk, a description of a relationship you have with another character, an important possession or bit of equipment your character has, or any other part of your character that is vitally important. And we have a few different types of aspects for our characters. We have a high concept aspect, which is like, this is the elevator pitch of my character. That if you were just to describe this entire person's being or like what is most important to them in one little sentence, this would kind of describe it. We're also going to have a trouble, which is an aspect that is really fun for me as the GM to use because I get to use those to stir up a little bit of intrigue and excitement. And then we're also going to get our third aspect for each of our characters from some audience suggestions that I pulled our Discord for earlier. So we already have Patrick's trouble. He's a walking red flag. Yes. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, I'm going to say he's also, uh, he's new in town, but he's a paranormal investigator. Ooh. That's good. So that's our, our high concept aspect, paranormal investigator. Yes. All right. Now we're going to take a gander at some of the suggestions we got from our patrons over on the Discord. And real quick, shout out, thanks to Michael Sear, Tim Rust, Tetraslash, Derek, Girdlerock, Sintwist, and Nerd Sparkle for suggesting these aspects to us. We got a whole lot of them and I had to winnow down the list a little bit, uh, but we got some real good ones here. Oh, I'm so excited. So JP, here are the ones that you will get to choose between. Slimer owes me one. <laughs> you crossed the streams, and there is no valley, only Zool. <laughs> oh, those are all so great quotes. Yes. Uh, I was, I was, I was. Uh. I, I had a friend in high school who, like, he watched Ghostbusters, and there's that whole shtick of there is no Dana, only Zool, because Dana gets possessed by Zool. Mm -hmm. And he would just say, like, I would mention something off the cuff, be like, you know, I'd really like to go get an Arizona after school, and be like, there is no Arizona, only Zool. And he would just do that all the time. It was great. I'm going with that one. There is no valley, only Zool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this uh, this does imply, going back to kind of our Cthulhu mythos bit from the ideation there, Zul being this sort of unknowable, mm -hmm. sort of deific horror from beyond the other side. That's going to be fun. Yep. <laughs> now, we also are going to give each of our characters a stunt. And the way that we interpret stunts for our personal game is a little loose uh, compared to the way that it's written down in the Fate Accelerated rulebook. We, for our purposes, just say, this is something cool that your character can do once per session that you know, you're the only person who can do it because it's something kind of uniquely special about you. And this can either be a cool trick you can do or it can be a special piece of equipment that you have. So, JP, do you have an idea for Patrick's stunt? Yeah, well, you said cool piece of equipment. I'm going to have the, um, oh, I'm blanking on the name, but it's the little, uh, the gadget that they have to sense ghosts that turns into, like, a T. Oh, yeah. Like, it, like, looks like a remote, and then he, like, activates it, and it, like, splits out like a T. It's a PKE meter. PKE meter. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Okay. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about during character creation is approaches. 
Now, if you're familiar with a game like Dungeons and Dragons, or if you've been listening to our avatar campaigns, those have different stats for people. You might have something like strength or dexterity. In this game, we have what's called approaches. And what I really like about the approaches system is it's not like a rigid list of skills or abilities that you can do. It's a list of ways that you might approach any given sort of problem you're running into. We have six approaches. Those are careful, clever, flashy, forceful, quick, and sneaky. And so you can do theoretically anything in this game. It's just a matter of how you want to go about doing it, which is something I really like about Fate Accelerated. Each of our players are going to get one of these stats at plus three, two of them at plus two, two of them at plus one, and then one remains at zero. So JP, what is Patrick's plus three, his peak approach going to be? Clever. All right. And we'll let you take care of the rest of them on your own, but I do like having just for everybody in general, being able to see what your peak approach is. That gives us a good sense of kind of how you approach the world. Also, I want to do a, an amendment to my PKE meter. I'm treating this like the sonic screwdriver for Doctor Who, where nice. I've just started watching Doctor Who, and I feel like you can do anything with that thing. I don't know if there's really any like limits. Pro tip, it does not work on wood. You've just started watching Doctor Who? Well, it's been a couple of weeks but like yeah basically but like but like this year yes that is so surprising to me yeah i feel like you would have watched doctor who ages ago no i was a huge star trek and star wars fan i never got into doctor who until i got married to ems i've seen doctor who before you and that is surprising to me well you are married to christian mm-hmm. yeah what's even weirder about doctor who for me though is like i i always ask turn to ems i'm like so what's the point of this show like what is he trying to do because i feel like save the world yeah but like he just Universe. goes to random places and he just needs to save the world there i'm like where he going like he's just picking random places in the world what doctor are you on uh what's his name the second or the i don't know what number is but the second of the tv show david David tennant Tennant. yeah david tennant we'll do the doctor who campaign at another time yeah (laughs) is there anything else that you want us to know about patrick before we continue on no i think that's it cool let's go to mckenna then what is your character like okay her name is louise she has like these blue jean overalls on and like a white tank top and it's all like covered in like soot and dirt and whatever. She's got two like pippy long stocking type braids and her high concept is minor. I barely know her eh? (laughs) because she goes down to the mines (laughs) all the times. Nice. So that is her high concept is that she spends a lot of her time down in the mine and so she's gotten to know them very well. Um, and I would say because of that, she has a really cool weapon for her stunt, um, but I don't know what it should be. Hmm. It could be a pickaxe. Or a shovel. It could be some explosives. Explosives, explosives, it's explosives. Perfect. It's definitely explosives. Okay, so um, because she goes to the mine so much, her stunt is gonna be explosive, which actually the explosives is perfect because that's how I mine now. Like I got to the point in one of my uh, farms where there used to be a glitch to where you could just duplicate things. And so I have like eight billion monies 
and I just buy bombs. I have stuff, I have enough stuff to make them, but I just buy bombs and I just explode the mines a lot. Hmm. So she has explosives. That's going to make things exciting for me. I'm so excited about that. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. And then as far as troubles, because she spends so much time in the mines, her trouble is just shiny in all caps with an exclamation point. She has a tendency just to go for all the gems and she gets really distracted by them because she thinks they're really cool. And she likes to take them to the library and donate them to the museum in the library. But um, sometimes she doesn't give them to Gunther at the library because she wants to keep them. So she gets into trouble with that. I get that. All right. Now let's get our audience suggested aspect for you. Here's the ones you're going to get to choose between. So this is very appropriate given your mining situation. Just one more level. <gasps> okay, tell me the next ones. And the other ones are I Ain't Afraid No Ghost and You've Been Bam Boozled. Wow. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> I love it. That is the way to all of our hearts. It's just a nice pun. Oh, those are all good. Dang it. Um... Because I could go only one more level because that's my constant thought process. Um, but also, I Ain't Afraid of No Ghosts works really well because they're, I'm going to do I Ain't Afraid of No Ghosts because there are ghosts in the mines. You have much experience with the supernatural by this point. I Ain't Afraid of No Ghosts. <laughs> and now, of your six approaches, which one is going to be your peak approach? <sighs> I'm thinking it's going to be quick. Because you gotta be, you gotta be quick in those mines. You gotta go in with a cup of coffee mm -hmm. to really boost your speed. I think that is probably gonna be my big one. Right on, right on. Anything else you'd like us to know about Louise? Um, she did have a fling with Shane for a minute, but then <laughs> um, she paid the witch to help him forget that it happened. So he doesn't know, but there's some history there. For our listeners who aren't familiar with Stardew Valley, that's a thing you can do. You can just pay a witch to make your exes forget that you ever dated. And make your children turn into doves. That's not even the worst thing. <laughs> yeah. You can turn your own kids into doves there. It's my favorite. What is this game? I love, it's so good. I married Emily my first playthrough and I love her. She's so perfect. Um, but then I wanted to marry someone else because I started romancing Shane, I think. And granted, I've also like romanced everybody at the same time and got the beautiful cutscenes where they're like, stop it. But I felt bad because I really love Emily and I felt really bad. And so I made her forget. And then we had children. And so I turned them into doves so I wouldn't feel bad about divorce. Stardew Valley. <laughs> if that's not a glowing recommendation, I don't know what is. Okay. <laughs> and now heading over to Thomas. Tell us about your character. Uh, my character is Bob. His high concept is that he is the Prairie King. And I want to be very clear, he's literally the Prairie King. He escaped the <laughs> video game within the video game. So uh, for those who are not initiated, in Stardew Valley, there's an arcade like game in there. There's one for Juno Kart and one for a game called Journey of the Prairie King. And uh, I am him, and he is me. I love that. So that's that's Bob. I feel like this game's like a Christopher Nolan game, a game within a game. Game within a game. It definitely has that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm Bob. 
the actual Prairie King. I like that his name's Bob. Man, I'm already starting to think of like maybe with all of the hauntings that have been starting, the reason why Patrick came to town, maybe like the arcade got possessed by ghosts and that's how you actually <gasps> like literally popped out of the arcade machine. <laughs> yeah, why not? I, I'll be a ghost. Brilliant. That'd be awesome. But you're like a cool ghost. I wouldn't hurt you like the other ghosts would. I'm like the Slimer of our crew, okay? Uh, you're, a, you're a pixel ghost. <laughs> pixel ghost. Oh, can I be pixelated? <gasps> you can definitely be pixelated. We're all pixelated. No, I mean like, you guys are people. I'm pixelated. You're pix- you're extra pixelated. Yeah, you guys are 16-bit. I'm 8-bit. But we're also pixelated, but it's based in the real world. So we're pixelated in the real world, but you're like double pixelated in the real world. I think the more pixelated you get, the more real you become. So uh, my goal is to become a real boy. <laughs> I mean, aren't we, like, all made of pixels, a.k.a. atoms? <gasps> I mean, if you want to get real technical. Before we get too technical, what's your trouble, Bob? Uh, I have terrible aim. Wow. <laughs> I just cannot hit a target to save my life, which has happened a lot. It's a hard game. As the Prairie King. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's it. I have horrible aim. All right. Now, here are our suggestions from our Discord that you're going to get to choose from for your third aspect. First is for Grandpa. Oh, my heart. Yes, some context here. In Stardew Valley, you have inherited your farm from your grandpa, and that's why you moved to Stardew Valley in the first place. Uh, this one will also require some Stardew uh, explanation. This is Krobus is my roommate. <gasps> oh, my word. Uh, Krobus is a little shadow dude who sells you stuff from the sewers. That's a totally accurate sentence. He's so sweet. Stardew Valley. <laughs> and the third aspect is the trash contains many treasures and secrets. <gasps> it does. <sighs> Man, that's tough set. The trash does. Shoot, I don't know what I'm on. Those are all good. You, you gonna be the trash man? I could be the trash king. I'm the trash man. I'm the trash man. I come into the arena, I just throw trash everywhere. These are fantastic <laughs> suggestions. I just need to say, like, I am so happy with every single one. Yeah, uh, listeners, if you want to get in on this action, uh, you can join our Discord and uh, get involved in the suggestion game. But yeah, this... <laughs> I'm very happy with these. Um, Which one would you like to choose? I, I want the trash, baby. Give me some trash. <laughs> the trash man. I'm the trash man. Something in my heart just knew you were going to pick that one. <laughs> the trash contains many treasures and secrets. Dot, 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 and secrets. <gasps> Not the dot, dot, dot. All right. And now we get a stunt or equipment. I, th uh, okay. So this one is kind of a reach. There is a power-up in Journey of the Prairie King called the Sheriff's Badge. And uh, what it does is it makes you move faster, makes mm -hmm. you shoot faster, and mm -hmm. instead of shooting one bullet, you shoot three. It's nice. Like in a cone shotgun style. I would like to have the sheriff's badge as my stunt. You know, this is... The way that we've been treating stunts on ImpTab is basically just like a once per session power-up. So this is probably the most sort of literal interpretation of how we've been using stunts. I was tempted to use the tombstone because that one's pretty... Actually, you know what? Could I use... The... I want to see what the tombstone does because I want to stay lore accurate where I can. I like I like the one that looks like a wagon wheel where you're just like constantly shooting out at all directions. Do you know what that one's called? What? It's called the wagon wheel. It's not. I'm not even kidding. It I'm, is I'm looking not. at the Stardew Wiki right now. It's called the wagon wheel. Good resource for anybody playing Stardew Valley is the Stardew Wiki page. It is very helpful in helping you 100% the game. Oh yeah, seriously. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time on there trying to figure out what Leah's favorite gifts were before I realized that it wasn't a dating simulator. <laughs> salad. Let's go. You can't go wrong with salad, mm. and you can get it at the saloon real fast. She loves salad and goat cheese. Mm. Anyway, Sheriff's badge is my stunt. Yeah. Oh man, I didn't know. That, oh no, 
I, I should have changed my stunt, but that's okay. No, that's your a, stunt's a good stunt. Yeah, I just had a better idea for a stunt. It is pretty good. <laughs> I mean, someone should do something Ghostbusters related in the Stardew campaign. Yeah, that's true. All right, and now of your six approaches, which is going to be Bob's peak approach? You know, I was thinking that I would go with quick, um, but I've changed my mind and I want to go with flashy. Ooh, that's good. Nice. With a name like the Prairie King. And the fact that you are twice as pixelated as everybody else in this world. <laughs> I'm noticeably not whole. <laughs> I would just like to very quickly point out that none of us have any points in careful. Oh, no. <laughs> like, at all. None of us are careful. Oh, no. It's fine. It's fine. I figured if I'm using explosives, that's not careful at all. I mean, you have to be. Well, I mean, I could. I, I was gonna say, I figured if you had explosives, that should be one of the top. <laughs> That's a really good reason to be careful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really compelling. I have a cool magic trick, but I can only do it once. <laughs> but it's more exciting for me if it's the other way around. <laughs> but if it's not careful, I have it as quick. So once I set the explosives, I run really fast. <laughs> Perfect. Well, with that, we have our three characters all figured out. So it's time to delve into this fun world for a little bit here. The Community Center here in Stardew Valley. It's a little bit dilapidated. Uh, people haven't exactly been taking care of it very much over the past several, several years. Uh, fallen into disrepair. There's like, everything's still there. You just gotta fix it up a little bit, right? And who better to fix things up than a person who blows stuff up for a living, right, Louise? Absolutely. I've been working hard all day because technically I do have lots of hammers and I got my pickaxe and I can fix it up really nice. Mayor, thank you so much for asking me. I really appreciate it. Um, Oh, no problem at all. You know, we I'll take literally whoever I can get to work on fixing this here community center because we haven't had a lot of volunteers ever since this place became dreadfully haunted a couple <gasps> weeks ago. I'm sorry, Mayor Lewis. What did you just say? Dreadfully haunted. Oh, yeah. I do remember reading about that on the bulletin board out by Pierre's shop. I can, uh, you know, I can look into that for you if you want. Well, you know, incidentally, on the train later today, we should be having a paranormal expert showing up. <gasps> Would you mind going to meet our new resident? Oh, absolutely not. I'll go, I'll go on up right after I finish, uh, this, nailing this board in. Absolutely. Okay, I'm done. Oh, that was very quick. Uh, let's now, since you are a demolitions kind of person, let's have you roll to see how well you undemolition something. So, whenever you make a roll in fate, you're going to roll four fate dice. A fate die is a die that has three possible outcomes. We've got six sides. There are two blank sides, two pluses, and two minuses. You roll four of those and you add all the pluses and minuses together, and then you add the modifier of whichever approach you're using. Now, to put something back together, that seems maybe careful to me. Dang it. So go ahead and roll to overcome with careful. Ooh, that was not bad. That's cancel each other out. So it's two. Plus two. Perfect. Now, there are different degrees of success in fate. If you tie, you get one result. If you fail or succeed, you get one result. But there's also something called succeeding with style. If you succeed by two or more, then you've succeeded with style and you get an extra bonus on top of that. There are a few different actions you can take. Most of the time we're going to be overcoming. 
when you overcome and get success with style, you accomplish your goal and you generate what's known as a boost. A boost is an aspect that exists for a short amount of time within kind of a certain set of circumstances. And then once you use it one time, it disappears. Uh, the boost that I'm going to give you is going to be called more careful than I thought I was. And do I just get to use that the one time? Yeah. Right. And okay. we'll actually let that last longer than just this scene here so that you can get a benefit from it because you're going to leave immediately to go find your new uh, paranormal expert. Yeah. All right, Mayor, I'll, I'll head off to go go find him. Yes. Bye. And, and if you see Bob rooting around in the trash, tell him to stop. Linus needs that trash. Okay. Uh, and I'll walk out the door. Um, and I'm going to go check the trash can immediately. And then as I'm walking, just consistently like peeking around the corner as fast as I can to make sure I can catch him in the action. And Bob, are you in the trash at that exact moment? No, <laughs> I'm not in the trash. Definitely not in the trash. Don't uh, look at the trash. <laughs> the mayor comes walking up and he's like, Bob, if you're going to try and hide in the trash, don't say anything for goodness sake. I'm not. It's... It's pulls the lid off. Okay, okay, come on. Grabs you by the lapels. Uh, what, what, what are you wearing on your upper half? Um, I'm wearing a a button-down long sleeve shirt. It's very dirty. Um, because I'm a cowboy and also I'm in the trash. <laughs> and I'm wearing a leather vest. Um, also very dirty because I'm a cowboy and I'm digging through the trash. Um, <laughs> and I'm wearing some denim pants that are very dirty because I'm a cowboy and I am digging through the trash. Beautiful. Um, and I'm not wearing my shoes because I didn't want to get them dirty since I'm a cowboy and I'm digging in the trash. Okay. Logic. The mayor picks you up by your buckskin lapels of your vest and he drops, he plops you right like feet first into your boots that you have set ever so carefully outside the trash can and says, you know what? Why don't you, here's something you can do that's productive. Why don't you join Louise to go and meet our new paranormal investigator who's showing up in town? Paranormal, huh? Yes. Uh, sure. I can do that. Now, okay, I know that Louise here ain't afraid of no ghosts. You, uh, ghosts, I've killed plenty of ghosts. Don't worry. Yes. I was going to say ghosts aren't real, but literally ghosts are real. I've seen them with my own eyes, and my eyes wanted to leap out of my skull and down my throat when I saw them because I was so terrified. And I mean, yeah, how could I be afraid of ghosts? How can I, how can I, how can I be afraid of ghosts if there aren't any? Yes, exactly. Ghosts are real, kids. He turns towards the camera and says, ghosts are real. Don't listen to what your parents said. They're coming for you. The more you know. <laughs> and there's a hoo-hoo coming up over the ridge. And the mayor says, oh, there's the train. Uh, I have to go and try and fix the arcade because it's still, there's electricity just flying around everywhere from when you broke out of your machine there, Mr. Prairie King. I didn't mean to for what it's worth. I know, I know. And he, he like turns around and puts his hand on your shoulder and says, look, I'm just, I'm just a bit stressed right now. We were doing so well, starting to get the community center up and running again. We had a lot of momentum behind us. And then next thing you know, the spirits of the undead start showing up all over the place and absolutely tanking all of our tourist sort of appeal that we have here in Stardew Valley. It's been a rough time uh, for your old mayor. So if you don't mind me, I, I, I apologize that I lashed out at you. I am going to go to the bar and then I'm going to go to the arcade after I've gone to the bar. I'm going to go to the bar. Catch you on the flippity flip. Say hey to Gus for me. You got it. And Marnie. And I give him a wink. And he gives a little blush and says, you got it. All right. 
right, um, we go up to the train station. I'll tag along, I guess. And sure enough, you see the train come. And there is one of the train cars, uh, like some of the train cars there, the doors are opening up and people are kind of coming off. But there's one of them that you can see even from here. The windows are kind of clouded with this strange spectral sort of mist. And as the doors slide open, a light shines from behind this figure who walks out and like the shafts of light are getting caught in the mist as it erupts from behind him. And you hear the clomping of heavy boots and down from the stairs comes a very attractive presumably man because he's an 80s sleaze bag <laughs> well i actually imagine like a 40 year old like overweight guy because that was also the thing in the 80s like for some reason all the sitcom characters like they had like supermodel wives but they were all like comedians so they were like not very good looking <laughs> so they were gross yeah <laughs> yeah so i think i'm good looking anyway <laughs> you think you're good looking i get off the bus i'm like all right so this is star boo valley huh get out my cell phone and be like and i half expected there not to be any bars all right Let's see what we got here. Uh, hmm. And you look around and there's two people just kind of standing there with glazed expressions on their faces. Uh, one of them, you have to look a little bit closer to see the glazed expression on his face because it's so pixelated, <laughs> but you can tell that it's there. Uh, take a picture to last longer, kid. Uh, okay. Oh, hey, uh, what, 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 what might your name be? My name Louise. is Bob. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you weren't talking to me. I'm pretty sure he's talking to you, actually. No, he's definitely talking to you. Louise, I'm, I'm really sorry. sorry. No, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> Hello. I'm going to extend my <laughs> hand to shake um, with you. I'm still very dirty because I am a cowboy and I was digging in the trash. Um, yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah, sure you were. Uh, no, I was actually talking to this, uh, talking to this lady right over I'm, here. I'm uh, Bob. Hey, my name is Patrick, but you can call me... Patty. Oh, <laughs> I I had a cousin that I knew one time. Um, his name was Patrick, but we called him Rick. So I thought you were gonna say Rick, but I can call you Pat. Um, listen. So um, like uh, like I was gonna say, my name is Elise, and uh, the mayor said we had to come and get you. And this is Bob. Bob is. Real. I'm real. real. Yeah, what about Bob? <laughs> what about? I'm, That's brilliant. I'm a cowboy. <laughs> um, but. He said that you came all the way from the city. Yeah, yeah. I uh pretty uh pretty well known up in the city. Uh, I have my own practice, uh college professor and everything. Anyway, they uh they gave me a call. Your mayor gave me a call, said I probably should uh, check out this town, you know, some little something weird going on here and you know who are you gonna call? Pat. Alright, let's go give why don't you give me a tour of your town? Okay. Um, well, this is a train station right here, um, and um, there's a swimming pool right here that you walk in, and they have bathrooms that you walk into, and then you go swimming, and sometimes when you go swimming, if you're feeling crappy, it makes you feel better. So um, that's that. Then come this way. And I'm going to drag you along, and I'm going to go through all of the town and show you all the spots, including the farm. And then I'm going to get to um, one more spot. Um, and this is a sewer right here, and we've got some people that live in the sewers um, but we don't really talk about them sometimes, um, but they have cool stuff. You hear a scream from the sewers. Oh, don't worry about that. Krovis gets scared. <laughs> uh, Krovis? He's afraid of rats. Rats in the sewers, who knew? And you see the sewer lid rattling as if something's pounding on it from beneath, and you hear the little voice of Krovis going, No, not rats. There's ghosts down here this time. Oh, oh no. Hey. Oh, that's that's brand new. That never happens. Don't worry, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I've got my weapons. Let's go. And I open the grate and I jump down. 
Come on, Pat. Let's get in there. Well, I guess I have to. And I uh, take off my really expensive coat and I just kind of fold it and put it to the side and jump in. in. Oh, I hate when they do that. <laughs> and as you all leap down into the dark depths of the sewers, I think that is where we're going to pick up next time. <laughs> Poor Kroby. Yeah. I should have picked him as my roommate. I already regret that choice. <laughs> I've been debating on doing that this next playthrough. Oh, man. Well, we certainly have some interesting things to figure out. What's happening in the sewers with our good friend Krobus and what's happening to all the rats down there? You know how much we love rats on this podcast. And the rats. But we're going to have to figure that out next time. For now, thanks for listening to Improv Tabletop, and we'll be back next week with more adventures in the world of Starboo Valley. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a quiet, artsy woman who you gave a salad if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to connect with us there, you know, maybe you want to talk to me about uh, some of my other favorite video games. I have many of them. Don't be afraid to reach out. Now, it's time to shout out our next batch of Sticker Club patrons. And this time around, we're shouting out Adrian Garneau, Christine Lines, and Daniel Wolf. Thank you, my babies. These are the three people who initially started up the Community Center renovation project, but uh, they disappeared when the ghost showed up. You're going to have to save them, folks. Good luck. I can save them. Yes. Don't worry, dear patrons. Your fate is in the capable hands of... These folks. It'll be it'll be fine. <laughs> These people. If you, oh, no. if you, dear listener, want to join the ranks of the sticker club, then you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash improv tabletop. We can also get things like Discord access, biennial sticker packs, and more, such as our current ongoing patron exclusive campaign, Dumbledore's Delinquents, what? which McKenna and JP are currently part of, along with Connor. My name's Gria. Yeah, it's a grand old time over there. Now, let's do a quick round of plugs. Uh, first off, I'm going to give you a mention of our affiliation with FanRollDice.com. Maybe we'll just mention this once a month because I, I feel like I, I ramble on too much about this. It, it is a thing that exists if you want some cool dice. They've got great dice. Yes. You can go ahead and use coupon code VroomVroomFifi over at FanRollDice.com. Get yourself a little discount and a little bit of that goes back to us. And we also have our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5 the actual play going through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. Uh, there's currently some German halfling stuff that my character is doing. Ooh. German halfling stuff. Yes. I won't give you anything else to that. We'll just leave it nice and vague because why wouldn't hearing that nice vague thing make you want to go listen to this podcast? It's a fun character. One of my favorite characters that I've done on that show. And uh, the other thing I'm going to shout out today is uh, cooking sous vide. I got myself a Ooh. sous vide circulator recently, and uh, I don't want to sound hyperbolic, but it's changed the game for me. Wow. It's pretty great. I would definitely, if you are geeky about food and you don't want to keep ruining your lean meats like chicken breast and pork loin and stuff, mm. go get yourself a sous vide circulator and it will change the game for you just like it has for me. Thanks for joining us, everybody, here in the world of Starboo Valley. Until next time, I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Justin Porter, a.k.a. JP, and if you haven't yet, go watch Ghostbusters. Thomas? I'll, look, I'll do it when I can, okay? <laughs> McKenna Steele, if you haven't yet, go complete Stardew Valley. JP? JP Ned? <laughs> Noted. Probably won't, but that's okay. Okay. <laughs>
and I'm Thomas Ryan, the ghost of video games past. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. What is happening? Ned, your phone camera is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I, I just turned my phone sideways and it started filming me from my phone instead of... Okay, we're Keep this in the recording. You got it. Okay, I just want to make sure it didn't do anything weird to my recording. Are we still going? We're still going? Yeah, we're still going. Mine's still going. Yeah, we'll be fine. Technical difficulties averted. Yay! Okay, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>